From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. I came here to say that I do not recognize anyone's right to one minute of my life, nor to any part of my energy, nor to any achievement of mine, no matter who makes the claim. And that is from my favorite author's book, The Fountainhead. And that's the hero standing up for his life, for his right to his own life. And think about the people you know who are doormats, who always live for other people. And they look like the do-gooders, but inside they're real bitter, they're sarcastic, they're, or they're depressed. Because there's no time for me, they say. I do everything for everyone else. No one pays attention to me, and I'm fed up with it. But I feel guilty feeling fed up with it. And okay, I'll be the good person again. People go through their lives like that. And if you want to wake up and figure out how to be self-valuing without being mean, without being a bulldozer and being what people typically think of as the selfish brute, just doing everything for yourself and never a thought for anyone else, I'll tell you, self-valuing people ones that stand up for themselves, speak their own mind clearly, pursue their own dreams, are the best friends because they're not envious, they're not clingy. They have a self and those make the best friends, those types of people. So give that gift to yourself sometime. Read The Fountainhead. I loved it. It changed my life. I went from being a housewife to going back and getting a PhD and going on to get a radio show with my husband. My husband helps me out behind the scenes here. Um, Right now I want to turn to the phones. What would you do in this situation if your husband wanted to force you to have sex with other men and you don't want to go there hey dr Skinner. i was wondering um how do i ask my husband to stop um we're trying to um force me to have um sex with other men and um that can be pretty hard on me um he lives down in pennsylvania um he he moved over there and i was gonna fly over there this weekend um I was wondering if I can take some mini advice. He sometimes can be controlling. Okay, it sounds like you've got a much bigger problem than just having sex with other men. You've got a man who moved away from you. I don't know why he lives in Pennsylvania and you're married and you're going to fly down with there. He, he can be controlling. I'll bet that if you gave me all of the visuals of how controlling he is, you would be in tears just recognizing how bad the relationship is. Now, The fantasy of having sex with other men or having more than one woman is a very common romantic erotic fantasy. So just having it as a fantasy to heighten one another's pleasure in bed is not a problem. But do you act on every fantasy? Absolutely not. You need to know what's fantasy and what's reality. And if he's thinks that it's going to be fun for the two of you and enhance his orgasms or his pleasure if you have sex with other men, I can tell you from having been a clinical psychologist and having dealt with these types of situations that the reverse happens, that you are going to feel like you've been used like you that you've been manipulated you may feel attracted to one of the other men and then that causes all convoluted problems your husband may get aroused the first time but then wonders whether you like the other man better your thoughts are all over the place and you feel like what is romance anyway if if you can just make love with one you're with. So this is not a healthy romantic situation. The fantasies, okay, you can fantasize all you want. And as long as you're fantasizing to heighten one another's pleasure and your own pleasure, 
that's fine. But it's disastrous in reality. So it doesn't sound like you have any kids. You didn't mention that. Uh, you can leave this partner. You want to consider, am I happy with him? And if this is a relationship breaker, then it's a relationship breaker. If it's the tip of the iceberg, he's not just forcing you here, but as you say, he's controlling elsewhere. He may be making you feel guilty, pushing you into decisions, uh, maybe abusing your trust, breaking promises, criticizing you, calling you names, swearing, uh, not listening to you, making light of things that are important to you, shifting the blame to you. These are all signs of an abusive spouse. And forcing sex on you is another sign of an abusive spouse. Demanding sexual acts you don't want. I'm getting some of this from a website, crescentlife.com. So you could go there and look up signs of domestic abuse. And there, you all you have to do is Google signs of domestic abuse and see if the shoe fits. If the shoe fits, you want to get out of this relationship. This is not a good relationship, even if he is your husband. It's perfectly legitimate and moral to divorce when you are not a good match and you feel like it's suffocating you as an individual. But learn how to stand up for yourself. I mentioned the book early, The Fountainhead, and also the book Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. It talks about psychological independence, how never to let anybody step on you the way your husband appears to be doing. So again, you may be a victim of domestic violence. You don't want to be a victim. You want to be a survivor. So stand up for yourself and get yourself some help. You can find some therapy maybe to try to disentangle yourself or couples therapy if your husband isn't as bad as I've imagined him to be. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. You're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's a question I got from a young guy who's learning how to date, and he doesn't know when exactly to pop the question, will you be my girlfriend? Will we, can we go steady? And he says he does it at all the wrong times. He'll be on some fantastic dates, and he loves being with these women, and then he'll do something real jerky, like at the movie theater while the girl's totally engrossed in the movie. He's totally engrossed with her, and he looks at her and pops the question, will you be my girlfriend? And she says, shut up, <laughs> because he's making noise in the theater, and it's the wrong time, wrong place, and he loses her. They both turn red. So this is from Jason. So Jason, first give yourself some credit for having the courage to ask, even if it's gawky at first. There were guys I dated who I would have gone steady with, but they never asked me, and of course I never asked them, so eh, nothing happened. So first, the first point you need to get is you can't just go by your feelings. You may feel she's fantastic, she's the woman for you, she's the girl that you'd like to go steady with. But you need to be able to read her feedback to you. How is she feeling about you? Is she head over heels about you too? Well, how do you find out that information? You don't do a questionnaire. Do you like me as much as I like you? You just look. Is she shopping around? Is she still dating other people? Are you communicating on multiple levels that you're getting closer and closer to an exclusive with one another. You call one another and only one another in the evenings. There are all those wonderful small caresses or hand holdings or smiles that you exchange. You've built a trust and a confidence and you start to share some of the most important information about yourselves. What's most important to you in your life? Your hobbies, your interests, your ideas. And what is she like? And that she feels similarly to you. Are you connecting that way? Do you feel like you like yourself? If you don't have self-esteem, all of this is out the window anyway. Do you spend more time text messaging or emailing or talking with one another? So you need to learn the skills to monitor 
whether a potential fantastic woman is mutually interested in you, how to read those emotional cues. If you move too quickly, she will move away. That's called the distance or pursuer relationship. Now, what's the right time to ask her if she's... Um, What's the right time to ask her? Well, there are wrong times. I just mentioned the book Atlas Shrugged. In one of the poignant scenes from Atlas Shrugged, there's a darling girl who is attracted to a guy, but something's off base. He says to her at one point, what would you say if I asked you to marry me? And she looked at this guy. She was at the stoop of her dingy, her dingy apartment. There's a filthy mattress hanging on someone's windowsill, a pawn shop across the street, a garbage pail at the stoop beside them. And she thought, one doesn't ask such a question in such a place. I don't know what it means. And she just looks at him and said, I guess I don't have any sense of humor. And he goes, this is a proposal, my dear. And then they reach their first kiss and she thought to herself that this should be happiness but she felt this low desolate voice telling her that and and this is a paraphrase or this is reading from Ayn Rand telling her that this was not the way that she would have wanted it to happen you don't want to make that mistake you want to learn how to pick the right time and the right place give some thought to it it doesn't take that much thought this man who's proposing romance makes a mockery of it you want to value romance, to take it seriously, to be able to weather rejection well. You can put yourself on the line. That's great. Do it with more skills. So I hope that helps you. And try to find out if she thinks you're as fantastic as her before you get into a committed relationship. So I didn't have that much time to flesh out what it was like in a Turkish bath, but I can, I will talk about that sometime in the future. We were with a lot of geriatric people. My husband and I went to a Turkish bath in Turkey on a recent trip. We went into a sauna first, and one Japanese guy was absolutely hysterical. He's flexing his muscles in front of us, and it was just really funny, and I'm having hot flashes, and I'm thinking, why is everyone sitting in the sauna and having hot flashes along with me? And then we went on to the the rest of the Turkish bath, which I guess we'll leave for another time, because right now, when we come back, we're going to be talking about signs of alcohol abuse. Do you have it? Does someone in your family have it? I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path of Romance by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Molly, a 62-year-old housewife, and her husband, Bill, were living the high life together until one day, Bill died of a heart attack. Molly was shocked to discover that they'd been living on borrowed money and that Bill had left her penniless. She had no clue about their financial situation. She had to go to work at minimum wage just to make ends meet. In this case, Bill's motives were not to protect his wife from financial responsibilities, but to protect her from his deceit. Protecting a loved one from basic knowledge needed to live, especially finances, is not a benefit. It leaves the, in quotes, protected partner feeling psychologically dependent on the knowledgeable one for basic needs and is often used as a means of control rather than as an expression of love. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.